Gonzaga Nation SI, the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, back in studio together, Adam Morrison and myself, Dan Dickow. It's been a while since our schedules have aligned. We've been on Zoom, which is fun and fine and all good, but it is nice to kind of chat in person, both what's happened with Gonzaga basketball, what's about to occur, and then just some overall thoughts. So uh, nice to see you again, Mo. Yeah, it's good seeing you, and it's it's easier in person. There's no delay or anything like that with Zoom. I can gleam into your eyes and understand what's <laughs> if you really enjoy my take or not. So, yeah, this will be fun. Yeah, gleam into your eyes. That, that's uh, that, that's one I haven't heard in a while. So um, Save it for you. Oh, well, appreciate that. <laughs> So you've uh, you've had a chance to see the team up close, as have I. Mm. Uh, you know, there's been kind of a transformation these last few weeks from what I've seen. Uh, I've watched games in person. I've watched games on TV. I've called them. I've watched them as a fan. You've done the same thing because mm. you haven't been at all the games uh, with your radio stuff. Big picture stuff. What are you seeing with this group right now? Um, I, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is uh, <clears throat> kind of the resilience of the, the crew compared to the start of the season obviously you know the turnovers and things like that have been uh, remedied so like that part of the game but I think you know if you look at the BYU game you look at the San Francisco we or the Bay Area weekend there were stretches where at the start of the year I don't think they would have came back from like a 12-point deficit early or they would have made just like consistent fundamental plays to get back in the game there have been more hero ball so I think our guys are starting to understand that, um, you know, overall, especially in conference, they are better as a group than anybody in this league. And if they just stick to the game plan, teams are going to make their run. Eventually, you know, it'll regress to the mean or whatever. So I'm just really uh, pleased with how they've won these last uh, four, but those three on the road because they won in different ways. Drew Timmy played terrible against San Francisco when – perimeter play and then we go to uh santa clara perimeter play dominates again with nolan hickman but drew gets back on track and then if you go to um byu game which obviously we'll discuss in length perimeter guys make big time shots but they didn't really play good yeah and the inside guys play good so different ways to win is is um obviously a positive so um it's been nice to watch kind of that uh come into fold yeah i've been so impressed with different guys stepping up and making plays mm -hmm. as you mentioned you know i think that's the calling card of growth for nolan hickman uh julian strother yep. and we all we we knew rajir was experienced and we knew you know yep. he could be that guy but he's been up and down this year but that big play at san francisco i think hunter salas uh at byu he didn't necessarily score it, but he hit a big corner three. Mm -hmm. The fact that I think it was Hickman made the play in the pick and roll up top when Salas as a defender rotated, probably they were trying too to, early. Yeah, well, they were trying to take away Drew. Uh, yeah, like so he was kind of digging when, without the ball. So and that and analytically and 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 this is nothing against Hunter Silas, but that you give up that shot. Yeah. in that spot. And he, it was great that he knocked it down. Great moment for that kid. So, um, yeah, no, it was it was cool to see those guys kind of, you know, be in a hole um, as far as playing a good game against BYU, and they've all made big-time shots. Yeah, I thought that three was for him because he's not – his jumper looks better, but he hasn't had enough sample size to yeah. truly, I think, believe in it. Well, he's only made five on the year. I think that was his <laughs> sixth. But he doesn't take very many. I mean, yeah. he takes – if you probably look at it, he probably takes like 0. 0.7 a game. You, you know, know he's, he's a great example of 
buying into your role and not trying to do too yeah. much. Like, cause he's come in with such high expectations. He's been on NBA draft boards and mm-hmm. he doesn't force the issue, which I think a lot of guys would. Yeah. Uh, and that's harder to do than I think most people understand. Yeah. Especially at a, a program like this where, you know, all the recruits now think an NBA, yeah. no matter what, you know, so that wasn't the case when we were coming in. I'm obviously had in the back of your mind, but you, yeah really you know what i'm saying you weren't on a big au team and blah 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 so you know a kid like him has done a good job of this year of like you said growing in his role biggest question we'll do it at the end of the season is if julian stays malachi stays like where does he fit in hunter as yeah. far as playing time because he's earned i think starter minutes yeah i would agree <clears throat> you know what i'm saying yeah excuse me Staying on the topic really quick before we talk BYU mm-hmm. in the UP game, you mentioned like high level recruits. Gonzaga had a high level recruit, another five star guy on campus. I guess they chanted his name the other day. The Kennel Club did. That is a whole lot different than the world that we came up in mm-hmm. with recruiting. When I was being recruited, you know, I had a final few schools. I would always go to University of Portland, U Dub games. Yeah. Um, nobody even knew or cared that yeah. I was there watching games whether it was an official or unofficial visit. Um, and I don't remember the kennel chanting any players, recruits names when I was playing. How about you? Uh, I, I totally agree. I don't think it's uh, it's different now with social media, obviously. So it's easier to understand who's here and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I don't, uh, I don't remember anybody getting really excited about our, our recruits when we were coming in you know nobody even knew who i was half the people didn't i was from here (laughs) yeah which is fine but yeah i i haven't even seen that kid what was his name zoom diallo i saw him play they played my son's high school team uh and he's good he had 30 when i watched him against them and it was like a it was an easy 30 not not easy in the regards that our guys didn't make him work for it but it It was a looked after hey he didn't look like he was forcing the issue he got by guys he made plays he took the right shots where's he from curtis um high school over in the tacoma area oh cool good high school coach they that's the same high school Devontae lacy played at washington state Mm. isaiah thomas who's played in the nba for a long time so I, i think he's got a good chance yeah Sweet. So uh, there was one player that when I was at GU that Coach Few missed out on as a recruit, and I think uh, Coach Few wished he had him, and that would have been Luke Ridenour. Yeah. And if Luke Ridenour came, it would have been myself, Luke Ridenour, and Blake Step, kind of as a three-headed point guard triumvirate, would have been pretty dang fun. Yeah. It would have limited all of our numbers, but it would have been fun. Was there a guy that you remember Gonzaga recruiting that you would have been like, that would have been fun to play with him. Uh, actually, it was funny. It was uh, Jordan Farmer. I hosted him on our visit, me and Sean Mallon. And he was a younger kid for his class, so he wasn't interested in, like, alcohol or anything. And we were. <laughs> and you were. And so we had a good time. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just – it was weird because later in life, obviously, the UCLA game, and then he becomes yeah. my teammate and, um, on the Lakers. <laughs> so it was just, like – small world stuff yeah that's funny because i remember around that time gonzaga was recruiting him and and i talked to him on the phone a number of times mm-hmm. you know no he 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 told me and i think he was being uh realistic he's like i wanted to go to gonzaga but the business decision was to go to ucla sure an la kid yeah if you're being LA recruited kid. by ucla it's yeah, hard yeah that's why he was like i couldn't really do it but he's like the style of play he's like i need i, w- I wish i was away from the la stuff yeah you know what i mean but 
anyway, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. The guy says that he was just like, yeah, I would have loved to come up there. And, but it's the same thing. I'm like, well, shit, I probably wouldn't have got the ball passed to me yeah. half the time. Or yeah. Something. And you, know, you so. go from averaging what? 25 to 21. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been, you just still scored. Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's go BYU game. Uh, you were there. I watched it on TV. Um, you know, what were your impressions? Cause I thought struggles early and then resilient late yeah. made plays. Well, the first half we were fine. I mean, we ended up being a five point lead, but it was, you know, the play of our inside guys. It was uh, Anton Watson started six to six, had 14 points in the first half. Ben Gregg had eight off the bench. Uh, Drew was his normal self. I don't remember his um, numbers of the first half, but it wasn't, you know, like the San Francisco game where he's struggling. I think he was eight points, 10 points, but probably like five or seven. You know what I mean? Just simple perimeter guys couldn't get anything going. Um, I was really impressed with BYU from the standpoint, considering what they've been in the past, and this is not a knock, but they, you know, we're holding teams to like 67 a night. That's totally different. Yeah. Um, plus nine on the glass as a, you know, an average. Um, so it was like kind of seeing a different style. Um, I think they're preparing themselves for Big 12 eventually. So they're kind of like, hey, man, we have to play defense and try to rebound in this league or we're going to get killed. Um, so that was interesting to watch. Like I said, five-point lead. And then uh, BYU did an excellent job in the second half of making threes. I mean, they ended up being 13 to 24 um, from downtown. And that is to be expected um, with role players. The Jackson kid or whatever his name is had a good game. Gideon George had a good game from the outside. Um, so, you know, when role players are at home, they get going. So when they made their lead to, you know, about 10 with halfway through the first half. I wasn't shocked, but it was one of those where this can teeter to sure. where they can go up 15 and we're probably out of it because the crowd was into it and they were knocking down threes. Um, so yeah, the, when we get to about the five minute mark, we we're still down 10. Um, it was uh, a really nice, uh, you know, show of keeps on wood or whatever. And our guys just started making plays down the stretch. It was kind of interesting too having four team fouls instead of seven right away actually made a bigger difference late in the game to get those yeah, steals yeah you know what i'm saying and sometimes it's you know you always say go for the steal and but this, this was like dude you can hold a guy you know what i mean mm -hmm. and we got a couple turnovers off of that and i was just really shocked on how kind of nervous byu was in that situation yeah. obviously our guys made big time shots hunter silas he talked about the corner three nolan hickman was 0 for 4 at the time makes that the only make of his of the night is that top mm -hmm. of the key three to get us down one again um and then julian's obviously he was three for 11 at the time goes four for 12 but another big shot so like what i'm getting at is our, our perimeter guys didn't play great at all you know anton goes 18 drew goes 19 ben gray goes 10 off the bench inside guys were great Rashir's 0 for 7 yeah <laughs> you know uh nolan's one for five uh Hunter was two for three, but you know, and then I mentioned the three for 11. So I was really proud of those guys making those plays down the stretch. And then, so it, it basically became like one of the best total team wins we've had. And as last time we'll ever play in that godforsaken place. Yeah. Well, I, I do think they're going to re up the series. No, they won't. You don't think so? I don't think, I don't think you think that's all just media talk and fluff kind of. I don't, I, I could see him do it in neutral. Yeah. Like, all right, let's play. Yeah, at Utah or something, okay. you know, or at the jazz where the Jazz play. Sure, and then you come up here. But I just don't Spokane Arena. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. 
I just don't see the value for any for us on the backside for that. Well, too. I see the value in if BYU's in the Big Twelve, it's a chance to pick off a power conference win. Yeah, it's true, but I do agree with the point of going into that building, never not having there. to. That's a good point because uh, you you kind of beat me to talking a lot of the Big Twelve stuff that I want to get to, so we can kind of you know move past that. But I, I think one of the things that I saw on social media, and I would love your reaction if you saw it. The student section started coming down the aisles yeah, towards the end of the to. game, and then they had to just stop and turn around. Yeah. Did you notice it? Was it hilarious? They were ready to storm. They stormed. I was there when they beat us on, on their senior night, whatever, three years ago or whatever that was, and they stormed. And so I was like, fuck, I don't want to do this again, man. Because <laughs> they, they were nice kids, and but they're like standing right next to you and yelling, and you're trying to do a broadcast, yeah. like post-game show, and they just stay on the court, so it's hard. Yeah. And it's awkward because they're like just, I mean, literally right next to you. They're staring. Hey, that's Adam Morrison. Yeah, they want to yeah. yell at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just awkward. So I was like, man, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. And so it was funny. And then it was just funny that we, you know, last time we ever played them <laughs> there, we, we like steal one. Yeah. And so it was cool. Well, it's kind of that mantra, big time programs slash big time players make big time plays in yeah. big moments. So, yeah. um, uh, great stuff there. UP, we don't need to go over much of it. No. To me, it was well, a uh, tremendous effort by everybody. Like it was over in the first eight minutes, right? It was, yeah. I just don't understand the last year we made 18 threes at home against them. This year we made 17. I don't understand the defensive strategy that Shante Liggins is doing. I mean, did you watch the game? Did you see it? Yeah, I watched it, but I mean, it wasn't like glue to my TV because but, of everything that, you know, <laughs> it was over early. Yeah. Well, my point is like half of our three point attempts and we're rolling, we're like uncontested or like late, you know what I'm saying? So I'm yeah. like, it's two years in a row where it's like, we're just gonna pack the paint. And I'm like, I don't know how that would. Yeah. And we're just shooting like workout shots. Well, I mean, yeah, you know you're right. Saying? Workout shots are one thing versus close out or chase guys off the yeah, line. Yeah. Cause with the dribble handoff stuff, it's stuff's gonna get presented, but yeah, they were open shots from what I saw. Yeah. So interest, anyway, it was interesting to um, see that, uh, you know, defensive strategy being used. And, and look, that club's gotten better had a bad stretch they lost five in a row um after that good pk 80 but again i was just perplexed i'm like why would you just dare us again yeah in our own building it's whack, whack. i mean we had i think 11 threes in the first half so yeah anyway last question before we wrap this episode is uh nolan hickman he's kind of been up and down with his shooting uh he hit the big three at santa clara he had a really good game um uh at santa clara when he hit that game winner but he came to shoot 360 Spokane yesterday in the morning and got up a bunch of shots. And so it shows you that guys get out of their comfort zone and put in extra work during the season. What was your routine to get extra work during the season, whether you were playing really well or whether you were struggling? I would just go before or after practice, just like yeah. everybody else. You know, nothing special. I wasn't, uh, six, I need to get to the gym at 6 a.m. I wasn't one of those guys. It's fine if you are, but I just would go after practice yeah. before. Did you have a routine, like a certain amount of shots or angle uh, or type of shots you would get? Yeah, I mean, if I was really struggling, there's a drill that I used to do where you pick it up off the floor and it kind of brings everything back to center. Um, but nothing, nothing crazy to be honest. You're natural. No, it's you just, can say it. I'm gonna. You were a natural. No, I mean, like I, you were more of like a gym rat guy. So this question is more for you. Yeah. Like, 
I just played. You were more like a technical. Yeah, there was certain things that I did, like literally every time I walked into a gym. Mm -hmm. And some of it was things I had done since like seventh, eighth grade. Some of it was things I picked up along the way. You know, when I was in college, John Stockton was a huge influence as far as routine. Mm -hmm. Every time you go to the gym, these are like the four core workout or drills that he did. Mm -hmm. And that became a constant the rest of my career and what I did. I think the biggest thing is whether you're uh, a, a drill guy, gym rat, or if you're a feel guy, mm -hmm. it's just having the ball in your hands enough throughout the course of the season. Because yeah. in a practice, you might get 20 shots if you're a, quote, role player, if you're a kind of focal point like you and or I would have been in a practice where they're trying to get you ready for different looks defensively you might get 40 before drill work happens yeah um so if it's that. a matter of figuring out how to keep the ball in your hands enough during the season yeah no i agree you gotta you know good you know you always have to rep and and you know go through your deal and so if nolan needs to shoot uh extra shots obviously i think his shot looks great it's yeah just, it's been better it's been it yeah, looks I mean, consistent he had a good good game against santa clara and like you said and so i don't know but i think he's gonna be fine shooting the basketball well, there you have it. Gonzaga Nation SI with Adam Morrison, myself, Dan Dickow. We'll be back soon previewing the LMU and Pacific games.